I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. <clears throat> You're listening to the Sands Pants Network Home of comedy, <laughs> culture, adventures and ghosts Hello and welcome to Scaredy Boys, a podcast where three cowardly friends discuss horror movies I'm Damien I'm Sean And I'm Tom And for this 100th episode, we watched Jaws Jaws is a 1975 American thriller film directed by Steven Spielberg based on the 1974 novel by Peter Benchley. It tells the story of a man-eating great white shark that begins to attack beachgoers at a summer resort town off of Long Island, prompting the local sheriff, a marine biologist, and an old seafarer to attempt to hunt the beast down. <laughs> an old seafarer. An old seafarer. <laughs> I feel like already the, the three of them is like, already I want to like allocate us the roles of those main three cast. Oh, so oh, Sean's, mate, Sean's the old seafarer. Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm the seafarer. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. As so, goes without saying. Yeah. Um, Shark Boy, <laughs> I think, needs to be marine biologist. Okay, done. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I won't fight that hard at all. This, <laughs> I love sharks, boys. I love, I love two things. I love getting drunk and fooling around, and I love sharks. <laughs> <laughs> wait, with, wait, together? With sharks? <laughs> Dangerous. I like to live on the edge. I like to live on the <laughs> precipice of near death at all times. <laughs> really just getting your fingers deep into those gills. <laughs> oh, just gilling myself stupid. God, gilling myself stupid. That's how you start our 100th episode, by talking about Tom finger banging a shark. Uh, congratulations, boys. We made it to 100. <laughs> hey, well we did it. We did not shit ourselves to death or become yeah. so haunted that we ended up in an asylum where we would possibly escape and yep. kill our entire family. You know, all this kind of stuff. We've done well. We got through unscathed. Just some light bestiality from Tom. <laughs> just <laughs> That predates Scaredy Boys, let's be honest. Hey, I can't believe that I'm on a podcast with my good friends and we're supposed to be celebrating, one, a great achievement by the Scaredy Boys, but also, two, yeah. one of the greatest movies ever made and... I have to defend myself from bestiality allegations. <laughs> the evidence is strong. Baseless. I've been to your family home, Tom. Baseless. I've seen the family album. A lot of shark photos. You missed the point with my big inflatable shark. That was the that was the true gem of that house. <laughs> oh. How'd the air go out of that one, Tom? So the fun, fun fact, if you put your dick in something hard enough, it will pop a hole in it. 
I just, I have to stop. I have to stop. I just, I'm not, I don't want to fuck sharks. I respect them. I don't want to have sex with yep. them. I want to be their best friend. That's in the past. Yeah. I want, no, yeah. not even in the past. There's no part of me. In the future? I never rule anything out. Um, Look, hey, we've got to 100 episodes without being haunted. We're doing well, boys. <laughs> so we've watched... This This is genuinely an achievement, obviously, because, yeah, we are the scary boys. But this is technically... Our, I think it's our 98th scary movie because we obviously have our year in review episodes in there to bump it out mm-hmm. to 100. So we that means we've watched very close to 100 scary movies, which is a statement I literally never thought I would say in my lifetime. I thought I would get to 100 and still have watched maybe five. <laughs> well, because what was your tally coming into this? Three? Three, yeah. Jeez. So it took me what? It mm. took me, how long have we been doing this for? Technically three years, I think, because we were on uh, Plus first. So it took me like basically 29 years to watch three horror movies and then three to watch another 95. That's terrible. That's those are terrible odds. That is powerful. It's been an ho- awful couple of years. <laughs> so when, whenever we're finishing, no, just kidding. We're this is we got to get to two hundred so we can watch Jaws too. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the one that paid for uh, Michael Caine's Summer House? That's episode three hundred. Oh, okay. oh fuck. Okay, we got to get to three hundred. Yeah, yeah. Enjoy that treat. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, let's get into Jaws because, like you said, Tom, this is a it's a celebration of cinema alone because this movie is cinema. Like, obviously, not only does it have the reputation of being the first blockbuster movie but it just holds so strong all these years later is just they've got it light right on just about every level of filmmaking in this movie it's interesting um we also at the uh, on the same day as watching this movie we watched another movie which i won't reveal because you'll you'll learn about that in due time sure uh from only two or three years earlier than jaws it may as well have been watching a movie from 1912 and 2000 and 22. Yeah. Like yeah. the gap in filmmaking is is a chasm and I think it highlights it's one of those things this is not new information what I'm about to impart to you boys. I'm not about to give you a spicy hot interesting take. Yeah. This is as white bread as it comes. You ready? <laughs> you don't need to be sitting down for this. You could be you could be operating heavy machinery because <laughs> this is not a shocking statement. Steven Spielberg is a very good director. (laughs) Wow. Sean just fell out of his chair. (laughs) The the gap in the two films that we watched, yeah, enormous. Right. Like, a lot of people know about, even people who haven't seen Jaws know about, like, the the behind-the-scenes troubles and the fact that the shark was never working. and, And that itself lent into the whole thing which has inspired people for the last, you know, 40, 50 years, which is, like, don't show that much of the monster. It's far scarier. And it's just crazy. I just because we have a shark boy, a registered shark boy, yep. with us today. I do want to know his relationship to this movie when he was younger, but also yours, Damo, because when we mm. watched it, you mentioned that you hadn't actually seen the whole thing ever. No, yeah. Well, I'll, let's get me out of the way because I think Tom's is going to be more interesting as our registered shark boy. Um, so yeah, for me, it was that sort of thing where it's like it's a film that's so in the zeitgeist and was on TV regularly enough that I feel like. I've seen it, but never actually just like sat down and watched the whole thing in a single setting. I think it's been the kind of thing I've like, I've come into and watched part of and probably got scared and walked away or that, yeah, it's just been like one of those films that has been in the background or that I just know through osmosis. Like, it's just like, it's just the film everyone talks about. It's like, I knew all the plot points, but the reality is I think, I think I'd never actually seen a full hundred percent of this movie. I reckon I was probably sitting at maybe about sixty percent of this movie I'd actually seen, and in fits and starts. <laughs> yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, 
I'm a crime criminal to sinner. Sinner, oh. <laughs> Matt, you are. You are. You I've are such it. a criminal. Hundred episodes, and my brain is finally boiled inside <laughs> is my cooked. skull. You've gone. You've gone oh, yeah. full like malignant brain. Just... <laughs> <laughs> well, he's a twin. Um, I've got a similar probably thing to you, Damo. Where when I was a kid, I probably saw little bits of it here and there, but like didn't want to watch right. a scary shark movie. Mm. Didn't want to ruin because we would go to the beach a lot when I was a kid. Didn't want to ruin that experience for myself. Yeah, so I actively avoided it. Smart move. And then probably saw it. Late teens, or maybe it was even when I like first went to film school, yeah. and I thought I better watch some of the the classic mm. movies. I've watched it many times since, but yeah, Tom, what about you? So, boys, as as a registered shark boy, um, I've been to the Shark yeah. Institute. And I've registered my shark boy status. Um, both there's only two of us. There's me and uh, what's his name, Taylor Lautner. They're the, we're the only two registered <laughs> shark boys team. <laughs> Just the two of us. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting. So Jaws. Feels like this should be the movie that Tom watched constantly as a child. Mm. But uh, but again, what is the name of this podcast? I'm with Sean, so I I, I watched it as a teenager. Yeah. But as a kid, there was no way I was watching Jaws. Right. I, I I wanted to. I wanted to so badly. I would often look at it at the video store and be like, "There is a movie about sharks." Yeah. But the problem with me as a Shark Boy kid is I was obsessed with sharks, but not shark movies. I was mm. all, the 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 movie I watched as a kid with a shark in it. That I wore out, uh, and I would watch any chance I could. Is a about a, a probably a seventy-five minute documentary mm-hmm. by David Attenborough about the Great White Shark. Right, I would put that on. I reckon once a week minimum. <laughs> because Tom, um, in that I imagine the Great White is a majestic hero, as it should be. Whereas in cinema, mainly a villain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's yeah. Misunder- I think that's the thing that annoyed me about Jaws and shark movies as a kid. Mm. Is I was like, no, no, sharks are just misunderstood beauties. They're not man eaters. That's not a thing. Right. I was very pro shark. I was very on the. T- I'm team shark. I think there was part of me that was scared of Jaws, but also was like, I don't want to see my hero portrayed incorrectly. Yeah. Right. It's like your hero corrupted. Yeah, it is. Mm. It's slander. It is. Uh, I also just want to point out. I love. There's two things I want to say about that. One is that I love the idea of of little Tom standing at a distance in the video store, seeing the cover of of Jaws, and just sort of whispering to himself, shark. <laughs> But knowing he can't go any closer, <laughs> knowing he can't actually pick up the DVD. I think that's gorgeous. Uh, and then the other thing I wanted to talk about is like, yes, this this reputation for great white sharks uh, being man-eaters is, is crazy. And in my research, it was like, yeah, basically, if anything, they're actually like, they're kind of scaredy boys. They're kind of like us. Like, they're actually more timid in, in terms of like, if they're unsure about something, they're more likely to back off than it, go on the defense rather than go on the offense. Mm. However... Being an Australian where, obviously, yeah, we've got a lot of coast and there's a lot of great white sharks on that coast, you still can't help but have, like, some ongoing fear. Like you said, Sean, you didn't want it to ruin beaches for you. And I get that. Like, every summer would go to the beach and if there was even a, an inkling of the idea that there was a shark there, I wouldn't have gone in the beach anymore, probably. Yeah. I um I have a, a scary incident happened once when i watched mm. jaws i can't remember how old i was i was probably in my early 20s i was i was house sitting for my brother and his family they were overseas and he just had just put in this massive projector with surround sound and i was like fuck yeah so i brought all my blu-rays over okay i put jaws on and i'm in this house alone at night watching it and i shit you not at the exact moment of the the one real big jump scare of this movie mm. which we all know yep one of the air vents in his house fell out and crashed on the floor oh, at the exact oh, moment. Oh, oh, oh. I jumped out of the seat, 
I had to go like investigate shit myself, and I didn't finish the movie. <laughs> I was so <laughs> rattled. Jesus. <laughs> but it, it just happened at that exact moment where that head pops out. Yeah, it was yeah. fucked. <laughs> it's yeah. I think I'd seen so many clips about it, and I was also a little bit scared of it. But Sean. You'll be pleased to know I've got an absolute cook story about me watching a sequence from Jaws <laughs> and then acting it out in the pool. <laughs> Which sequence? Um, the opening. Okay, I thought you were oh. going to say you threw like a, a gas tank in the pool and tried to shoot it or something. No, I just, I just, it's an image, Rewatching it with you boys, it's an image that is burning in my mind because I remember trying to recreate the jerky motions of Chrissy trying to swim or like swim while being dragged around. Mm, yeah. Mm. Did you scream too? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So <laughs> lifeguards fucking hated me. I would have been like maybe 12. Yeah, I'm a big freak. And then you went on to become a lifeguard. And then I went on to become a lifeguard, yeah. So yeah. I've never never seen a shark. We've had the shark spotter come through before, but I've never seen a shark at the beach. Mm. I've, I've been at a beach once when there was a shark and people had to get out. Right. Which beach was that? Uh, this, I think it would have been Anglesey. Yeah. Oof. And I was like... Teenager or something, yeah. Yeah, okay. There was a shark shark sighting and they just sort of cleared the beach. Yeah. And then the next day, everyone's back in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Just like Amity. Yeah, the mayor comes down and he's like, I'm the mayor of Ang- Anglesey, get in the water. <laughs> We've had some close calls. We've had, we think that's a shark, but it's a seal. I love the idea of like everyone being like shark, shark, and this dopey little seal just pops his head up and starts waving. <laughs> <laughs> Although that's that's always a concern if there's too many seals in near swimmers because if there are seals, there's a high chance of sharks. Yep. Shark fact. It's, it's, <laughs> it's a well, little it's, ding every time there's a shark fact. Hey. Um, well, on, on your point about grey whites being timid and things like that, like I'm not scared. I'm t- As we have learned, there is an animal in the animal kingdom that I'm scared of, and that is spiders. Um, we had an incident mm-hmm. at a recent Scaredy Boys retreat <laughs> where, where I, was suppo- I slept on the floor in the lounge room because in the room I was supposed to be sleeping in was a spider. Probably the size of the state of Victoria. Um, I have to say, you said it's the biggest one you've ever seen. Yeah. And, um, well, you're very fortunate then. I've seen heaps bigger than that. <laughs> yeah, my issue wasn't the size of... That spider was big, but not yeah, not as big as, as I've seen. The problem was there were spiders all in that room. It was like a proper spider room with tons of little tiny baby spiders yeah. literally everywhere. Like, mm. Yeah, so look... I had a I had a much better sleep than if I had ever tried to be in that room. Yeah. But sharks do not scare me. I have yeah. very little fear of going into the water and being attacked by a shark because a they're not mm. they don't hunt for people. I know the tricks. It's dawn and dusk. Shark it's facts. around seal areas. It's like you are more likely to be killed by a vending machine falling on you and crushing you yep. than you are about shark attacks. <laughs> shark I did facts. I had to do a maths assignment in year seven. Uh, we had to pick a, a topic to write statistics on. And my entire topic was on shark attacks mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and how they weren't weren't a problem because I wanted to get my classroom on board. You had to produce five graphs. Okay, I produced twenty. Wow! Oh, shark boy! Yeah, is this the origin story of Shark Boy? Yeah, I went all in on on graphs and research, and but I've always loved sharks. So yeah, Jaws. I love Jaws. As an, like I can watch it now, and I'm like, it is an incredible movie. Mm. And there is a twinge every now and again where I'm like, it's not the bad guy. We're in its house. Hmm. You're going to its house. And again, the thing about sharks is they're curious and their way of seeing if things are food or not is to bite them. Shark facts. Same with us. We bite into something, see if we like it. The problem hmm. is a shark is the size of a car <laughs> and it bites very hard. Can I ask yeah. a scientific question to Shark Boy? The idea in this film that it has like staked out its territory now and it's not going to leave while there's, while there's food in the area, while there's people in the water. 
Is that a true thing or would that shark have moved on? I believe that's true. So great white sharks are also solo. So some sharks can have, you can have a few sharks in an area, but great whites are a solo predator. Shark facts. Because they are so large, they can't really have another great white in there. Like they have a baby and just leave it. Shark they just facts. fuck off. Mm. And yeah, so sharks, great white sharks territories are quite large and they are quite territorial. Shark um, So if, if you are a great white shark and you find a... A territory. There is probably going to be some people listening to this who are big, bigger shark boys than me, and please correct every falsehood that I make because it's a crime against sharks if I am not corrected. Shark fact. Uh, that, that 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 plot of the film I feel like is is pretty sound. Oh man, you're a good shark boy, Tom. Well done. Thanks, boys. Damo, did I tell you that after I saw all the the family photo album with Tom's shark photos, I took mm-hmm. some screenshots. <laughs> And I sent them to his partner, and her response was just like, I can't believe I'm dating this loser. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, you said the same photos to me, and I was genuinely shocked yeah. at the quantity of photos you had. Because oh. you sort of, I think you were sending them through like a couple at a time. Yeah. And I kept thinking, oh, that's all the shark, because you're obviously at Tom's family home. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's all the shark photos he's found. And then more came through, and then more came through. And oh, I'm like, that, that wasn't even crying. all Tom. I only scratched the surface. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I yeah once uh, we were watching it, the news together my partner and I and um, uh, I was about mm. a shark attack somewhere and she just like offhandedly asked just just to the room a question about sharks I may have told you this story already boys just <laughs> offhandedly to the room asked a question about sharks and I must have like adjusted my body to like prepare to like unleash she was just like oh no what have I unlocked in you <laughs> 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 were sharks in your egg and you were suddenly like actually I know everything Sean, sharks were never in my egg they're just swimming around in my bloodstream always constantly <laughs> That's why you've got a blood clot. Too many sharks in your bloodstream. They're clotting it up. (laughs) All right, the movie, the movie. Like, literally, I even want to just start at the very start because I want to start with the score, really, because the score kicks off and literally we're just getting a shot through, like, a reef of some kind. But the score is already intense enough that it just that makes that what should be quite a nice little oh we're swimming through a reef all of a sudden already very very intense and yep. like yeah cool we're already in a horror thriller movie mode because that score is insane yeah tom and i were actually having this chat yesterday that it is ridiculous that as of recording the oscars this year are not going to televise best original score and best editing yeah and it's like if you took those two elements out of jaws it's nothing yes like they are yep. so fucking yep. crucial yep. To not just this, to every movie, but particularly to Jaws. Yeah. Werner Field's editing is just like, it's a fucking masterclass. Yeah. You, you won't find better at film editing than this. It's incredible. Mm. And yeah, the music score, it's iconic for a reason. Yeah. It just makes the film so much better. That's well, it. it becomes this terrifying calling card. Every time you hear mm. that, mm. It, not even not even the bass, like that, that, the famous dinner, dinner, that bit. Mm. It's the horn. It's that long horn mm, that just mm. comes in over. The, you're like, oh well, someone's gonna fucking die, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. You don't even you don't even need to know what Jaws is about, and you put that clip on, and you're underwater, and you've got that sound, and it's like something awful is about to happen, right? Exactly. Hmm. Well, I even read that. So John Williamson originally played the score for Spielberg, who then laughed and said, "Oh, that's really funny, John, but what did you really have in mind for the theme of Jaws?" <laughs> <laughs> and then apparently Spielberg later stated that. Without William's score, the movie would have only been half as successful. And basically, yeah, it it made the movie, but it also made Williams's career. It really jump-started his career at the time. Yeah. So, like, this one piece of, of music for this, or you know, the whole score for the whole movie, but, like, literally it, it kicked off his career, it kicked off Spielberg's career, and it made this movie insanely iconic and memorable. Like, yeah. 
if you said to anybody, give me the score for for a movie, they'll choose Jaws and they'll give you those two notes. Yeah, I'm going to need a, a fact check from the IMDb detective on this, but I'm pretty sure John Williams has been nominated for like 40 Oscars or something ridiculous like that. The IMDb detective, the shark boy is uh, taking a break. Uh, it's IMDb, detect- IMDb detective time, <laughs> Beautiful. Boys. Fantastic. Um, this revolutionised um, blockbusters as well, really. Yeah, like yeah. There, there hadn't been a release like this before, where like they had just chucked it on, which you see now, where like uh, when a movie premieres in America, it's on like four thousand screens. Yeah, it's kind of the first time where they like did a massive, massive release, mm. and it just like exploded on the first weekend. It kind of changed, but well, it did. It changed Hollywood forever. Yeah, I agree. Like that's the thing. Like not only did it change the idea of what a movie could be, but like. It changed the audience's relationship to it. Like you said, like the idea of it being a blockbuster, it's hard for us in this day and age to really to think of that as being a new thing, a new idea that all like this movie was so in this social conversation that everyone had to go see it. And like like you were saying, they they put up more screens, but by today's standard, it was still fuck all screens this was hitting. Yeah. And it hit like over 67 million people in the US alone, which just had never been done before. And so like that's kind of where the term blockbuster came from because they had to give a name to this thing that had never happened before. No, no, no movie had hit that kind of audience before in such yeah. a short time. This is like event cinema that... I mean, we just don't get it anymore because most of the time now, like pre-COVID at least, mm. every weekend there's like a new blockbuster out, if yeah, not more yeah. than one. So you right. don't really have that anymore. Like the closest feeling we probably have had to it in recent times is like Avengers Endgame. Yeah. When a studio has spent 10 years building right, up to something right. where it's like you're dying to see that. Mm. Yeah. We just don't have that anymore. Yeah. Um, boys, what was, your, what was your guess, Sean? Just out of curiosity. I think 40 or so. Sean, as of 2014, he holds a record for the most number of Oscar nominations. Uh, this is going back a bit, so he's probably got it more again since that time. Right. Yeah. With 43. It's crazy, isn't it? Like, that'd be the most of anyone ever, surely. Surely. So, that's for, that's from 2014. Mm-hmm. So, he was then nominated in 2016, yeah. 2018, and 2020. Yeah. Just crazy. Christ. So, what? He's had 40, what, 46, yeah. 46 or 47 nominations. Mm-hmm. He's a goat. I'm scrolling through for wins, though. And probably not as many. Probably no, like he won four or five. He won for Schindler's List, so he's got yeah. one. He won it for ET. Mm-hmm. He won it for Star Wars, and he won it for Jaws. Yeah, he's a legend. Mm. Um, and Fiddler on the Roof as well. Jeez, he's he's a fucking weapon. And this, I think, this is where horror is really fascinating. Where some mm. of the most iconic, like signature beats of music, yeah. are in horror. Like you have Jaws as iconic. Those two notes. You've got Psycho's violins. Yeah. You've got the the John Carpenter, the synth from Halloween. You've got the kill, the the Jason breathing noise. Yeah. There's all these like really cool horror score sound things that become iconic, and mm. the fact that yeah, people look down at horror like for years. It's like right. you guys doing a hundred episodes. It's in- boys. I'm gonna say something insane. Are Jesus you ready? Jesus Christ. Okay. Do we need to sit down for this? You will. This is a hot take. This is spicy. I think I think I love horror as a genre. Oh, oh I, my eyes oh, are watering. Look. That was too spicy. Tom, I mean, I hate to add fuel to this fire, but so do I. Oh! <laughs> I feel great. Oh! <laughs> Fuck it. I fear it, but I love it. I, d- I, I genuinely yeah. do. It's the relationship I have with sharks. I respect and terrify, but love. <laughs> so much like I did clear of Jaws because I didn't want to ruin the beach for myself. Mm. There are certain subgenres of horror that I steer clear because I don't want to ruin my life. Yeah, yeah, Correct. yeah. Correct. There's only so much punishment your egg can take. Yes. Yeah. I'd love to know, uh, and it's probably out there somewhere, like... 
I feel like I've read somewhere that after this movie came out, like people didn't want to go to the beach. Yeah. Like there was it was such a big thing. People and like to the point where I'm pretty sure Spielberg or someone had to be like, no, no, it's you can go to the beach. Like sharks. Don't do that. You're not going to get attacked in the shallow water by a great white shark yeah. the size of a boat. <laughs> it destroyed the summer. It, just- <laughs> it was so good. But um, there's a great comment from Spielberg where he goes, I knew this movie was a success when I watched it in cinemas with people and people would have to run out of the cinema to throw up because they were so scared <laughs> or disgusted. Oh. But then he said, but then they would come back in and sit back down because they didn't want to miss any of the movie. <laughs> yeah, good, good. <laughs> Oh, that's yeah. that's that's a power. But again, this is the thing. Like we talked before about how this lasting legacy of this film, like mm. Damien was saying, it's the first blockbuster. It's the it's the prototype for everything we get now. Right. It's what nineteen seventy five. We're what twenty twenty two. I'm bad at math, but let's round up to twenty twenty five. I'm still bad at math, so I don't actually know what the time span is there. Let's call that fifty years, it right? Is, yeah, that 50 yeah, that's years? fifty years. Yeah. So fifty years on, this movie still is. So brilliantly paced, mm. terrifying, emotionally powerful, action-packed. Ex- it is everything you want in a movie mm-hmm. almost 50 years on. Mm. There are big blockbusters, I think, made five years ago with all the big new special effects you can possibly imagine, with all the big new stuff in them, that I don't think would have anywhere near the same cultural impact that, that Jaws right. continues oh, to have yeah. because of no its way. craft and ability. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that's the thing. Like, it wasn't just amazing for its time; it's still amazing for our time. Like, it's it's still a movie that obviously, yeah. Like, I'd never seen the whole thing in one sitting. I now have, and was blown away, even knowing it was so great and so wonderful. But yeah, like again, I, I can't help but watch a movie through the story lens, and the story is a hundred percent there. And like, it's a hundred percent there, not only for our three main protagonists, but also like I couldn't help but notice that all the background people. All these side characters get these little lines and little affectations and like they're just so full of life and and backstory. You can't help but feel like they're real people. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just like, that's that's what so many movies are missing, is just that like we're focused on our main characters, great. But then everyone else does feel like an NPC, where in this movie you genuinely felt like this town existed and we're just we just happened to be. Yeah, there. we talked about while watching it how there was just sort of like whenever there was a crowded scene. Constant noise. Mm. It wasn't like a movie today where it's just like muted mumbling of characters and the two main characters speaking. It was just mm. everybody talking over the top of each other. Yeah. And it's just, he's just created like a very real scenario. Yeah. And yeah, it's so weird. It's incredible that this is 50 years old. Yeah. Nearly. Yeah. Nearly. It actually blows my mind. <laughs> Nearly, it's not quite yeah. 50. <laughs> Nearly, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's yeah. so competently made. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. For his, it's, I think it was his second film too, which is just ridiculous. Mm. He is. It's it's so weird. Spielberg this is gonna this is actually gonna sound crazy. He's almost underrated because you actually <laughs> you got to a point with him where you're like, ah, oh, he's the best. He's done so many. And then you kind of just forget about you it. You just expect greatness. You do. And it's just like even now I think he's judged too harshly. People will be like, oh, he hasn't made a great movie in a long time. But mm. he, he actually has. It's just by his standards, maybe they're not reaching the heights of something like yours. Right. He's consistently through his whole career. Making good films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got very few films that are like you could look at and go, that's a shit film. Mm. He just doesn't do it. He's no. a master. Yeah. As well as I think it's the thing where like other directors who have come after him can use what he's again, like he he did so much with this movie on a whole bunch of different fronts that like literally we don't have enough time to go through all of them, but like just read a book on Jaws. Like even me just trying to do research for this episode. I was drowning in Jaws facts. Like there was just, there's so many interesting, amazing facts out there. 
but yeah, he did he did so much on so many different levels. But then, well, other directors obviously who come after him can copy what he's done, not in a derogative way. Like, in, yeah, that's what all artists should do. We should all sort of take what what works and what and discard what doesn't, and you know, use and borrow and all the rest of it. So that they've sort of come up to meet his standard. But that like he's still the one who set the fucking standard, you know? Yeah. For anyone interested, I think there's there's a fantastic book, and I think it's called The Jaws Log, and it's all about the intense behind the scenes stuff, the things Spielberg had to get go through to get this movie made. Mm. And I know that like if you open the dedications page to it, oh sorry, the the quotes from other people, so many industry people and filmmakers are in there quoted as saying this book was my film school. Right, didn't go to film school. I read this book and it kind of taught me everything I need to know <laughs> about filmmaking. It's a great book if people want to check yeah, it out. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Cool. All right. Should we get into the actual horror side of things? I feel like we've already been talking for like half an hour. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Um, so let's, let's ask the question, were we scared? Yeah. 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 There's, there's still dread in this movie that... The iconic score. Anytime, anytime you're in the shark's perspective, mm. even even some of the like the the class the the big jump scare in it of the of the face popping out of the boat that is terror. The two I jumped watching it because I thought it came a bit later. <laughs> My memory tricked yeah, me. Did. Yeah, and Sean's a bastard and didn't warn me. Well, no, I agree with you. I did think it came slightly yeah. later, but uh, yeah, I, I'll be honest. I can't say that this movie scares me. Not anymore. I think I've yeah. watched it enough times now that I just I just have yeah. a lot of fun with it. Oh yeah, even like the couple of jump scares, they don't really do much because I, I think because I know they're coming. Really, right? Of course, of course. I still love the the whole the other big sort of jump scare in the film is so perfectly timed and so beautifully executed because it's just you're lulled into just the most mm. nothing scene on the boat when he's like, "Why don't you try shoveling some of this shit?" and then Jaws, Jaws. <laughs> ah, it's just so yeah, great, yeah. And then of course leads to the the, the iconic line, which apparently was ad libbed, yeah, not in the not, not Crazy, in the script. Yeah. That we're going to need a bigger boat, which is such a great line too because mm. it's like I love that he says it. He actually says it what like three times in that like scene. He kind of says it a couple of times, and I love it because obviously this actor has been like, oh, genuinely that would be my reaction or my character's reaction, uh, and he's going to keep repeating it because 
literally, we don't have a big enough fucking boat for this shark, guys. It is huge. Like, yeah. I love that. Like, I could so, I can so empathize with that reaction of like, we have a serious problem, everyone. This boat, it's not fucking big enough. We need something bigger. <laughs> I also get the the other dread fear factor for me, which is still present. Is and I've talked mm. about this in other episodes around water. Is the the open water game. Mm. There is a moment in this movie where uh, Dreyfus goes down in that cage and the shark fades out of you and you're just staring at a wall of ocean. Yeah. And that's the game we used to play. You'd go into the beach, you'd put like a goggles on or a snorkel on and you just see who can stare out into the deep ocean the longest before you piss your pants. Terrifying. That's terrifying. And that scene's still terrifying because that yeah. brings back that fear. I feel like I want to cry right now. Yeah. I'm inside. Like it, to me, you are inviting madness. It's like... Something almost from um, like Cthulhu or something, like being able to like look at this thing you can't understand. The ocean almost feels like that, but on Earth and real and exists, and we're swimming it. Like it just, yeah, it does have this depth of horror to it in the just the unknown and the vastness of it. I guess you're a maniac for doing that, Tom. Yeah, it's a fun game. I was in Finland once, and we went out on like one of those tours where you go and see the the Northern Lights. Hmm. And when that was a bust, because they like, oh, actually, it's not a good night for it. Damn. They took us to this area where there is just nothing. And you st- you walk out a little bit into the field and just stare out. And it's like the darkest dark you've ever seen. Oof. And I could probably only look out there for 10 seconds before I'm like, this is fucking bullshit. Like, <laughs> I'm getting scared. Yeah. I can't do it. So for you to actively go under the water and do that, you're a maniac, mate. Yeah. Maybe I've always loved horror secretly. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I just want to go home, boys, to where my shark family oh, is. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, well, yeah, also on the horror front and the scare front. So for me, yeah, I was definitely scared. That scene with the head did get me like, Sean, you weirdly accidentally, I think, primed me for it. Because moments before it came up, you said, Damo, do you do you remember this scene? And that's when I'm like, oh, well, I've kind of never really seen the whole thing. And then look back to the screen to see that scene take place. <laughs> it was just like, weirdly, you like, you had played it just right so that I wasn't like aware you were being like, hey, a scare's coming up. You just sort of like, oh, just curious. Uh, yeah, yeah, And then all of a sudden, fuck me. I was trying to look out for you, mate. I was, I was trying to look out for you. <laughs> well done. Well done. <laughs> and then, yeah, and the, the other thing I want to say on the horror front was a, was a comment you actually made, Tom, almost right from the start where you're like, it, it, it starts off almost like, oh, it's a slasher, but with shark. And I actually think the more I was watching that first half, obviously we really get two stories here. That first half, is, there's a very easy way to go, oh, it's a slasher. Yeah. Like, and I kind of love that about this. Like, not only did um, did Spielberg do so much other stuff, but he also helped set up what the slasher is, like lay those beats for what we expect from a slasher well, movie. It's, it's especially early on, it is not dissimilar to Halloween. Like, you've got the, the killer's perspective in mm. that you were the shark. You've got iconic music. It's a killing machine and a town in danger. It then pivots to a different kind of movie, yeah. but like there, there are a lot of slasher horror, and I'm I'm yeah. absolutely a hundred percent not the first person to say that. I guarantee you there'll be a book out there that someone has written. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a lot cleverer yeah. than the three of us. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like the first half is slasher movie Halloween, and then the second half is uh, Moby Dick. Basically, it's almost like you've you've thrown slasher and Moby Dick together because we've basically got Ahab. Um, in what's his name? Yep. Old, old Quint. Quint. Yeah, mm. yeah. What a he died like two years after this movie too. Oh, that performance! Yeah, it's it's massive. It is absolutely massive. Should have won an Oscar. He should have. Yeah, it's just that speech. That's yeah. that speech is so good. It's, it's it's up there with the Silence of the Lambs speech. Yeah, like that. 
where it's just it's just a, someone telling a story and the story is chill yeah. and it tells you everything you need to know about why that person exactly. is it that explains person. them, but it's also the context leading up to it. As in, not only we've seen him be grouchy old kind of kooky man, but also just the fact that they're like having they're actually having a laugh. They're showing scars. They're having a drink, and then it like it it starts off being such a fun, harmless kind of a scene and then at some point and it's hard to even exactly pick when it starts to take that turn into yeah this quite haunting story and then obviously by the end of the scene sharks back and everyone's like jumping to action like it's just an incredible scene in general but yeah the way he delivered that speech is outstanding like truly incredible performance it's great direction too because it with the jokes and you know the the boys starting to bond, yeah, you really as an audience let you get you let your guard down, yes, because you're like, oh yeah. yeah, we're in the fun section here, and then hey, what's that tattoo? And then all of a sudden, <laughs> up, yeah, haunted. We've left the fun section, but you don't even know when. And then and then they even course correct. They get the bleak mm. story, and then they start singing the song, right. and they're having a good time, and then the shark attack. So yeah, you get, yeah, exactly. Get fucked over twice. Well, I even read for that scene. So obviously, it's it's no secret that um, Shaw was a drinker that he had an alcohol problem. Um, so basically, because because that scene, they're all meant to be drunk. He's like, great, I'll get drunk. And so he attempted to do the monologue while pissed. And Spielberg was not happy with it. Basically, nothing in the take could be used. And so the next day, Shaw was quite remorseful about it, called Spielberg late at night and basically asked if he could do another try. And so Spielberg said, sure. And then the next day at shooting, Shaw's performance was done in just one take. That's amazing. That's huge. Yeah, but I, like, I kind of even like... Yeah, he felt remorseful, and so he brought everything he could to the stage. Like, he just brought it all and put it out there, and it's like, oof, what a performance. The bit I love most about that whole speech is that bit right towards the end when he reveals the bit that when he was most afraid, Mm. when he was waiting for his turn to be picked up. Yes. Because you can can feel that terror of you're looking around and people, all right, now there's less people in the water. Right. And now there's less. So the less people that are in the water, the greater my chances are of being eaten. Yes. And the closer I am to getting rid. Like, it's just so... Ah, yeah. What yeah. well boys, one of the greatest movies of all yeah. time. Not mm. a spicy take. Oh, that's controversial, Tom. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But that that line by him, I always think of that at the end after they've defeated the shark and they're just sort of slowly paddling back and it's, you know, they right. they make cracking jokes to each other. My thought is always like I would still be shitting myself. <laughs> like yeah, at right. the thought that well what else is well, we're out in the ocean, what else is going to kill me on my way back? It's yeah. so close to being saved. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, all you needed was like one fin in the background and you'd be packing yourself. (laughs) Yeah, that would have been a rude ending. Yeah. Yeah. Also, like on the horror front, I think it's interesting because this movie, like, yes, it definitely is a horror movie. It's also a thriller movie. And obviously comparing it to some more full-on horrors, you could say it's arguably not a horror movie in the same way that full-on horrors are horror movies. But I still think it's interesting to look at it from that horror point of view and, again, for the age it came out and all that sort of stuff. Because one thing that I read was that Spielberg, originally he didn't have that scene with Ben Gardner's boat that freaked me out where the, we see the head come up and everything. And so test audiences, when he when he showed them, the biggest scream obviously came from the surprise appearance of the shark when he's tossing out the chum. Then he says he got greedy and included that scene. He's like, oh, that was fun seeing the audience react to this scare I did, like <laughs> manipulating them in that way. So You bastard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's where he put in the Ben Gardner's boat scene. And he said it was really interesting because that scene now gave them obviously a very big scare. He got a good reaction from that. But then later on, the scare from the shark wasn't as major because the audience was now like a bit more on guard for it. Mm. And I just think, I don't know, like the the psychology of that and the, the relationship audiences have with horror is 
so interesting. Like it's so interesting the way you just need to play it. There's always a balancing act with building tension, having tension, knowing there's horror, experiencing horror. Like there's always so much there. And it's amazing to me how much this movie kind of got it right. Like like we even talked about, like one thing we've talked about almost since episode one is you're doing the Jaws thing of holding off on showing the monster. Like it feels like it got so much right in the way of horror partially by accident but then like again that's this whole movie like everything went wrong and it somehow all came out right yep ah jaws bless you (laughs) all right boys uh did our characters act wisely or foolishly they're pretty clever as in the as in well it's a mixed bag i think (laughs) they make a huge brody makes a huge mistake early but he is also making the right call he wants to close the beach immediately Mm. and he gets overruled by um by the mayor. Yeah. So he does the best he can. And then you have that awful bit where the young boy's mum, the mm. widow, the, the grieving mother comes up and says, you knew and you were, yeah. you could have closed the beach. Yeah. And she slaps him and walks away. And someone's like, don't. The mayor. The mayor says she's wrong. And yes. it's like, you're a fuckwit. Yeah. <laughs> you are wrong every step of the way. He does not act wisely. No. He acts for money and for, he wants the crowds yeah. there. Yeah. He's a fantastic character, by the way. He's a big time piece of shit. Yeah. But he's, yeah. it's a brilliant performance. Agreed. Yeah. Well, because by the end, you, 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 you don't have necessarily empathy for him, but it's a bit where he's like, my kids are on that beach too. Like, mm. when he realizes that him being a stubborn idiot almost killed his own children. Yeah. And he had that great bit in the hospital where he just signs a document without even, like, mm. he's a piece of shit. Yeah. But you're like, all right. I don't forgive you. Yeah, I don't forgive you. But I'm not going to punch you if I see you. The yeah. movies, <laughs> yeah. the movies, Shark Boy expert. He does not act wisely when he decides to go down below water for Ben Gardner's boat to like check it out. It's just yeah. like as soon as he's like, "Yeah, I'm going under. I'll just be a minute." It's like, don't do it. What? You don't really have much to gain from this. We don't need this to happen. Please <laughs> yeah. don't do it. Yeah, he's an yeah, idiot. Yeah. He gets the tooth though, which teaches them which shark. Yeah, I suppose dealing. that. Mm. He does drop the tooth. I love what the mayor's just like, oh, you don't have the tooth? Well, if you don't have the tooth, you don't have anything. Yeah. What <laughs> He's a, such a what dog. What a piece of garbage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or I also think, like, uh, for for the same character, um, Richard Dreyfuss's character, yeah. I think the cage thing is also, like, it. I can get why we're like, oh, cage should be fine. But we've literally seen, like, I love the fact that with this shark and the, with the, with the different barrels they're putting on it, that even by... Even by barrel three, old grizzled fisherman is like, fuck me. Like even he's shocked because this thing is a behemoth of the biggest order. It, yeah, it won't it won't sink with three barrels. It can't do it with three barrels. And then it just doesn't. Yeah. So it's like I love that they all like even the experts somewhat underestimated it, only then to see what their estimate should have been. But then he still goes down in the cage and you're like, would you even though, like, dude? He's crazy. I, I think they're also at that point, Quint said to him, do you think you can... Right. What can you do? And he's like, I've got this. They're getting desperate. It won't pierce its skin, but if I can hit it in the mouth, it'll get yeah. it. So I think it's like, this is our next option. Yeah. Because yeah. then literally their last, their final and last option is to shoot a gas canister in its yeah. mouth. Mm. Yeah. Smile, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I would say they act unwisely just by virtue of just taking one boat out. Like, wouldn't you think if they took, like, a bit of a fleet of boats and all supported each other and all, like, all put barrels into it and dragged it in together would be better? Like, Quint's whole thing of, like, oh, I work alone. Mm. Well, it's like, well, all right. But, like, he says that, and then as soon as he's got these two helpers on the boat, they're very necessary for all the things he has to do. (laughs) Yeah, very Like, he literally could not have done anything by himself. It's crazy. No, that's a great point. Yeah, yeah. And, like, even the fact that they've got, obviously, all these people there for the money, I guess. But, like... You would think you go, let's have 
three boats of people we can trust or something. So we can at least circle it, try to do a bit more where, yeah, just the one does feel, whoa, that's a bit bit too few. We don't need a bigger boat. We probably just need a dozen boats or something. And also showing that all those out-of-towners have come because they want the money mm. and all that. I get why they wouldn't have done it for film purposes because it was just too hectic. But right. you would think there would be some stray boats out there being like, we don't care that you've hired this one guy. Yeah, They're going to come yeah. out anyway and, and have our go. I Now, nah, but I think by that point, a bunch of them have been killed in Ben's boat. And so I think by that yeah, point, okay. people are like, oh, this shark is... Because they think also, also, mm. they think they've caught it. So people would leave. Ah, oh, true. Good point. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. I don't think they necessarily act wisely, but also I think a lot of that is because they trust a guy who is I- insane. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. But he's also the only option. So what other choice? Mm, mm. You know, do they have? It's that. It's that thing of like to beat mm, a monster, mm. you have to go mad. Yeah. Look, like, like, and like once they're out on the water, obviously we we see them kind of do most things right. Maybe smashing the the box was a bad idea from um from Shaw's character, but <laughs> otherwise I think yeah, like they're. They're all sort of working together quite well, which is good to see. And they're all like, yeah, they he doesn't miss the crucial shot or anything like that. Like they keep hitting it with the the spear gun and the barrels and all the rest of it. It's just that it's like it's just ways too fucking big. They need a bigger boat. Yeah, one thing with the barrels that I'll point out is like it seems to continually be a problem. Like, quick, tie it off, tie it off. Just mm. tie the rope to the barrels before <laughs> yeah, beforehand. Yeah. Like have that ready to go, so it's not this pressure cooker moment. Right. Yeah, that's true. Otherwise, they do a pretty good job, I guess, under circumstances. Yeah, like it's a new, it's it's arguably an impossible one to really criticize or look at under that lens because, yeah, I don't know. I couldn't say what they could have done that much differently, really. Mm. Am I right, Tom? Richard Dreyfus comes into town on his own, like, fancy boat, right? Yes. Ah, take two boats out. Well, no, because I think the idea is that they take Quint's boat because, I don't know. I know that Quint would have been like, fuck you, I'm yeah, taking yeah, my yeah. boat. We're not taking your fancy yeah, fucking definitely. boat. But like, yeah. yeah. In hindsight, <laughs> it's like we need we need the we need the horsepower of two boats at yeah. least. Yeah. All right, how would we have done in this situation? Boys, I'm going to put something to both of you. This is actually the easiest episode we have ever done. Oh, okay. This is the shortest what would we do. Is this because you're going to fuck the shark? <laughs> <laughs> He's already done that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You've seduced the shark. You've, you've got it out of the waters. Everyone's happy days, especially Tom. Th- that's why it's so horny for flesh. <laughs> no, no, no. If I found out that mm. you boys were gearing up with your seafaring mate and your guns and your weapons to go kill the shark, I would kill both of you. Oh, I thought, wait, I thought this was a happy ending. This isn't a happy ending. No, no, no. It, it is for the shark. I'd be like, well, this is where the shark lives now, guys. <laughs> so Team typical shark. that on our 100th episode, we would be betrayed by this exactly, little horny shark boy. Yeah. We've we've chosen the sharkiest of movies and he's still turned around and betrayed us. In episode one, you chose a witch over us. In episode 100, you've chosen to fuck a shark. Thomas, Thomas, Jesus. Thomas. I have not, I'm not fucking any sharks. <laughs> there is no sharks being fucked I want it on the record that anyone. Tom is fucking the shark. Uh, Jesus. Would you be able to overpower me though? I'm an insane man. I'm a seafarer. <laughs> It just needs, just Sean, needs to get but you no, this is the thing. No, no, no. Robert Shaw's Quint is a seafarer. You're just Sean James Carney. Yeah, but I'm I'm crazy. I'll I'll fucking take you, you old shark boy. What are you gonna do? No, there's a lot. There's a yeah. lot. There's a lot. <laughs> Sean, I'm crazier than you. I I like to stare into the void of the ocean and think about being eaten. <laughs> That's true. He's the hardest man I've ever met. <laughs> <laughs> also, I've got I've got a hundred movies almost worth of material mm. that I can use to kill you both to save. Bruce the shark. Yeah. 
Also, I mean, you could also just push us overboard and feed us to the shark. Like, There's that too. very doable. Strap some sausages to you, chuck you in. <laughs> the movie ends with Tom killing us, yeah. diving into the water and like doing his thing where he stares out into the dark ocean. <laughs> and then at the, fo- the final beat of the movie is the shark appearing. And then him smiling. And then it fades to Chris. Yeah. You know what I love about that? Is that because for Tom's take of like the shark is the real protagonist, he's course correcting. Yeah. He's allowing the protagonist to finish their story. 100%. Yeah, 100%. And then because this movie is being made today, there's a post-credits sting and it's just Tom fucking the shark. No! (laughs) Just going hog wild on that shark. (laughs) I I can't believe it. the perfect movie. (laughs) Fucking hell, Tom. Well, that is all the scary talk we have for this episode. I've been David. I've been Sean. And I've been balls deep in a shark. (laughs) Confirmed. No, don't fuck sharks. I cannot stress this enough. (laughs) Also, uh, since this is our 100th episode, I want to put all uh, sexy shark jokes aside and actually give a very sincere thanks to the two of you for making this weird, often scary journey such such a joy and, and so much fun. Like Like I said, I never thought... I would watch this much horror in my life, but it has been a true treat and that's almost entirely due to the two of you. And while I'm handing out thanks, I'd also like to thank each and every listener out there for joining us on this journey as well. We've had such great communications with all of you, whether via email or Twitter or Discord, and it just always makes my day. Uh, like we've said before, the the horror community is such a welcoming, lovely bunch, and I personally like to think that the Skeddy Boy community is its very own special kind of wonderful. All right, now that I've uh, softened everyone up, I also want to make a request. So it's one we usually avoid on this pod, but I'll throw it out there as we are now 100 episodes deep. So... If you'd like to give us a little present for our 100th ep, please get out there and give us five fat, juicy stars on whatever podcast service you use. It will be, of course, very much appreciated. Lastly, I've actually got a plug. I've recently started a new podcast called Short Tales, where on the first of every month, I share a new story written and read by me. There'll also be conversation episodes where I chat with my friends about all things writing and story, starting with these two beautiful boys as well as guest stories, and I'll likely throw up a few other things I'm excited by or think are interesting. It should be a lot of fun, so please do check it out. Uh, Once again, it's called Short Tales, uh, and it's available where all podcasts are, but I'll also put some links in the show notes as well. Uh, And of course, if you listeners would like to send us an email, you can do so at 3scaredboys at gmail.com, or you can find us on Twitter at scaredyboys or individually I'm at Midday Pajamas. I'm at Carney from 55. And I'm at Orchid Trade. Please send me shark facts. (laughs) Stay scared, everyone. Yeah, I'm a big freak. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping 
and 365-day returns.